world more peaceful since the revolution. It is a shame that your people suffered. But bounty hunting is a complicated profession. said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Everybody across the interwebs listening to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Uh, My name is Jake Damon, and this is the very first time I've ever had the opportunity to intro the show, which is exciting. It literally just happened 15 seconds ago, Um, and Zach did it to me, and I'll never forgive him, but uh, besides (laughs) that, uh, uh, I would like to go ahead and introduce my two co-hosts for tonight, uh, one of which has with me pretty much every time over the last several weeks. Uh, and that is Benjamin Hart. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Thank you so much for that wonderful intro. And hi, guys. How's it going? We're going to have an awesome episode for you guys tonight. And I hope to uh, get into it very soon. Yes. And joining us for the first time in a while. And we're so glad to have him back because he was one of the founding members of this particular podcast and i'm kind of filling in for him uh but he's back and we are going to have uh, a three-man discussion tonight about a little something called the mandalorian but his name of course is zach arnold how are you sir dude i am very excited to be back uh it's it's been too long and i've been having a lot of fun doing my little broadcasting gig around here but uh i have been shamelessly plugging this podcast probably three or four times a night 
uh, letting people know about this awesome show and everything that it entails. And I'm excited to actually be a part of the discussion tonight because, you know, my team is going to the playoffs this weekend. So uh, it's going to be really busy and really exciting, hopefully, leading to some really great results. Uh, We'll see. But like you said, this discussion of The Mandalorian, you know, I feel like this has been a long time coming because, you know, we've been anticipating this show for a long time. We've been, you know, speculating a long time. And now we finally have the first chapter or the first episode, whatever Uh you want to call it. And it delivered, in my opinion. It absolutely delivered. And so I'm uh, very excited to do some spoiler-free discussions off the top and then excited to, you know, dive a little bit deeper into this series and all that it has to offer. And as you guys said... We're going to be talking spoiler-free right off the top, and then we'll jump into spoilers a little bit later. We're going to get to some of you guys' comments before we do that. And we're going to be talking about Chapter 1 of The Mandalorian. They don't actually have episode names. It's just chapters, which I kind of like. I think it's kind of neat. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, there'll be more, but we're just going to be doing the one because that's all we have right now. We're recording early this week so we can get something out to you guys as soon as possible. And, yeah, this is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. As you said, anticipating this for so long, and now it's here. Now Disney Plus is here, and, well, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Jake, you started us off, so I'm going to throw it to you first. Spoiler-free first impressions for Chapter 1 of the Millennium... The The Millennium Falcon? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that Millennium Falcon show we've all been waiting for. Yeah, of course. Oh, God, they made a Millennium Falcon book that's part of the Legends canon. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> Maybe we'll review it. We'll, we'll bring out the IPC book club on these days, and we'll do that. Dude! Um, I would so be down for dude, that. Dude, that would be cool. Then we could review Game of Thrones finally. Maybe. I Maybe. <laughs> Can Jake. I listen to it on audiobook? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll give my initial thoughts of the Mandalorian um, to sum it up in a sentence guys. And I saw this online. I'm stealing this, but it's too funny not to say I'm a Fandalorian of the Mandalorian. Yes. Oh. Um, Zach groan. Why don't you mute yourself while you're grown? And uh, no, I, I watched this the other day. Uh, got up at 6 a.m., more like 5.45 a.m. to make sure that I was all up and, and uh, alert for it. Downloaded the app and uh, was greeted by the Disney Plus welcome screen. Very exciting. And uh, hit play on The Mandalorian immediately. And Not, uh, uh, not Mickey Mouse and uh, not Goofy. What's the other dog's name? Pluto. Pluto, uh, Pluto. on the moon? No, that did not come. The non-sentient, the non-sentient dog. dog that gets walked by the sentient dog. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense, but... Really, really Yeah, that weird. didn't come until later. Uh, I, I actually it got happened two. To me, it happened to me twice tonight while I was trying to watch The Mandalorian Chapter 1 again, just so it's fresh on my mind. Yeah. got so mad, I was ready to like take to Twitter and go off on a tangent, and then it finally worked, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i watched it my wife actually got up and surprised me she's like i don't want to watch it with you so i'm like okay cool so we both watched the mandalorian and i 
I think she liked it too. I thought it was amazing. Um, it it had a great feel to it. Great cinematography. Great lines like memorable lines that are just going to be part of star wars forever now you know people are just going to remember the dialogue and and certain characters dialogue and and all that um introduce some really interesting characters in my opinion and i can't wait for more and i would also like to say i watched it a second time today with my whole family so uh yeah, twice. And the second time I, I noticed more about it, and I, I, we can talk about that later. But, yeah, overall, really liked it. Can you repeat that Excellent. first sentence before you let into this again? I was a Fandalorian of the Mandalorian. That one. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what I needed. Mm, you know what you also needed? <laughs> you know i think i've got that somewhere but it's too hard to find that sounded real (laughs) that did sound real wait (laughs) what i did yeah (laughs) quit your day job you you've got a you got a job as a sound effects uh supervisor (laughs) or creator actually i could i could do that and apparently i can do impressions of marvin the martian so I've got it made, fools. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of you and what's coming out of your oh. mouth, why don't you tell people what you thought, spoiler-free, mm. of Chapter mm. 1? Mm. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's actually kind of hard to put it all into words that are spoiler-free. <laughs> the more I think about it and the more I hearken back to it, I'm like, ooh, this was cool. Ooh, this was cool. Ooh, this, this is reminding me of this. Um, The best impression and the best description I can give it is, like, it's basically the Wild West in space. And, you know, if if that is how you want to describe it, then that means you also have to give it some nods to its predecessor, Firefly. There's a lot of Firefly-type cinematography, music, references, characterization. You can tell that this show was definitely inspired by Firefly, but it also had some Knights of the Old Republic elements to it with the Mandalorians and their culture. It had some Game of Thrones elements to it, actually. It had some tie-ins to A New Hope, had some tie-ins to uh, Return of the Jedi, had some tie-ins to Rogue One. There were so many different things that this, this first episode reminded me of, and yet at the same time also found a way to stand on its own two feet. And so it's it's a great first chapter. It's a great first installment. And I'm kind of bummed that it's not in a binge format because I know what I would be doing right now instead of talking to you guys. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it also is a great opportunity to uh, allow these episodes to digest and settle with you and talk and speculate and break it down and you know, everything that we're doing right now, everything that a lot of people are doing right now, you know, I know the SWU is going to be doing it. I know our friends at Star Wars Wastelands are doing it. Our friend Star Raptor did it on his YouTube channel. Everybody is talking about Star Wars again, and it's not just a book, and it's not just a trailer. It's a full-blown TV show. And so that type of 
hype and that type of excitement is also really fun to have back again. And like I said, it's just it's a great start. It's a great first installment, and I'm very ready for more. Yeah, exactly. And for me, as far as just first impressions go, my initial watching of this was... I felt kind of weird after it. I wasn't I wasn't too hot on it at first, I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of people came in and like were like that was the best thing ever the first time they saw it. And I wasn't that way, but I've really grown to love it the more I get into it in the past, I think 6 times I've seen it <laughs> collectively. There's a certain scenes I've watched more often than others. I I like the 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 second half of the episode I think is excellent. I really like that part of it. Um but I think overall it's just a really strong start to the season. It's almost like I'm looking forward to the next episode, which is going to be out Friday this of this week. And I'm like, how do they top that? Like, how do they get better than right. this? Because, like, that was a really great right. episode. And, like, I'm afraid that we just peaked, but hopefully not. I'm And based on the trailers, there's a lot of good stuff coming. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes going forward. But this episode, as it just a standalone episode, is magnificent from... The VFX to the locations to the acting to everything like you down to you know the character work and you know the the last bit of the episode last half of the episode is carried by a dude who never takes his helmet off you can't see his face a little person in a costume that has a <laughs> has a mask that is being manipulated obviously off camera and then you have a droid who's probably CGI a lot of times and yet it totally works. It's great, and you get a lot of emotion, a lot of character through it. Um, it's absolutely amazing and astounding that they've been able to pull this off, and just the, the space scenes are magnificent. They look amazing. Everything. Like, in this, this universe, it feels like Star Wars. I think that's what we wanted from this, is that something that doesn't feel like knockoff Star Wars. And that's what a TV show could have easily been. It could have been this cheapened, rundown kind of, you know, you can see the seams, Star Wars. This is not this. This feels like a film. Someone today was asking me, hey, did you need to see the new Star Wars movie? I'm like, it, it's not a Star Wars movie, for one. It's, it's a TV show, but it feels like a Star Wars movie. It looks like a Star Wars movie. So you're kind of right. <laughs> it kind of is. So it's kind of like a 45-minute Star Wars movie, which is insane. So overall, I think... Everything is just wonderful. There are spoilers out there. If you have not seen it, I don't care where you are, pirate it, do something, go watch it now because you you don't want to get spoiled on this. I know there's going to be more spoilers coming up in the later episodes, but this episode really had some great reveals, I think. Especially the very end is just amazing. Ooh, buddy. I did not see Ooh, coming. Buddy. I did not. I... I yeah, yeah it's, there's it's great. there's a lot of speculation that we're going to get to make towards the end of this podcast episode that's going to be really interesting. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Uh, we have some listener feedback yes, we do. actually from from some very good people in the Peacekeeper Corps and some patrons, and I guess we can go ahead and jump into that right yeah. now. Yeah, by all means, I'll uh, I'll lead off with uh, Mr. Kerry Fleming. Um, he simply says, "I like it." I'm going to have to watch it at least one more time, probably more, I would I would assume, yeah. And he says, I have spoken. <laughs> he ends it. Another one of those classic lines that Jake was talking about that, like, instantly just shot up in, like, everyone saying them. Like, that's the, that's what I love about this, is that this has become instantly classic Star Wars, instantly quotable Star Wars. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. 
It really is. And uh, what's funny is I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and stuff being like, Star Wars is back. I have spoken. And I'm like, excuse you. Star Wars never left. You did. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But uh, that's 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 another conversation, perhaps for another time. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, our friend Chris Abbott, a.k.a. Star Raptor, posted some stuff on his YouTube channel, which I would recommend going and checking out. But uh, if if you don't want to go and watch this video, then his synopsis simply says, this is exactly what I wanted from a Star Wars series. The world-building characters, music, and action have me hooked. Uh, Those are four really big components that help make this first episode really successful. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's the big things right there. Like, I think it's an encapsulation of what makes Star Wars great. I think when Star Wars is at its best, when it gets the world building, the characters, the music, and the action, all those big elements. If you get them working together and you get them right, you have the recipe for great Star Wars, and this show has it. Yes, yeah. yes, agreed, agreed. Um, and then we got Stephen Schindler yep, up next. Stephen Schindler. Schindler's list of one, uh, one paragraph here. Uh, we've seen recent movies try to redo the cantina scene, and they focused on the musical aspect. But this show redid the cantina scene by focusing on the intensity aspect. It feels like they remembered the bar fights and extrapolated from those. This show feels very much like it'll expand the universe and appease many Star Wars fans, including those looking for something akin to the video games. Sorry, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> um yeah i've got (laughs) to yeah um he yeah he's not wrong there he's not wrong i think yeah i'm not gonna get into the freddie prince jr thing yet but i think this show encapsulates like that star wars is for mm -hmm. everyone but not every single star wars thing is going to be for everyone i think this show is obviously geared towards a more mature audience it's a more it's it's for the people that have been screaming for decades, I want more gritty and, and dark Star Wars. This is your yes. show right here. This is the Mandalorian. This is what you've wanted all this time. It's going to make those people very, very happy. It already is. But at the same time, it seems to be making everyone happy because I've heard very few criticism of the show at all. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't I don't know where the, the big detractors uh, of the show are. Ironically, it seems to be a ironically I feel like the biggest detractor for the show is its platform. That, yeah, that... I mean, you do have you do have the fact that it's not really accessible to a large portion of the worldwide well, community. I, you're right, and it's 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 partially about where Disney Plus originally launched to, and how long it's going to take to get to other parts of the globe. But also just the fact that in its first you know 24, 48 hours, Disney Plus has been kind of glitchy. There have been a lot of people with connection timeout issues and account login issues and, you know, internet bandwidth and server issues and, you know, whatever the case may be, even for those who do have access to it, it still kind of freaks out on you. You would think after all this anticipation and all this buildup that Disney, a multi-billion dollar corporation, would be able to have sorted out enough of the server kinks and distribution issues to be able to actually make a functional streaming service. But a lot of people have been complaining about how they're paying for glitches. And I'm like, you're not entirely wrong. 
And as I no, mentioned earlier, I myself no. had trouble getting onto Disney Plus just to watch The Mandalorian. If I wanted to just watch The Mandalorian, I have to go through Disney Plus, obviously. It's a Disney Plus original. But, you know, there's like, I don't know, 2,000 other titles that's part of this database. And who knows how many millions of people trying to get access to that one database and try and, you know, scroll through and search through and find everything. And, you know, eventually it might settle down. But for now, it's complicated. It's not as easy as people would think it is to just hop on and watch a movie or hop on and watch a TV show. I guess, I mean, now it's it's the big hot thing. and Everybody's using it. Everybody. I literally hear people just walking, you know, around talking about Disney Plus. Like, everybody's talking about it. Like, it's the and big thing. People are like now. taking days guess... off from work to be able to watch stuff. And I'm like, excuse me, the yeah. live action Lady and the Tramp was not that good. <laughs> it was okay. Don't get, but the don't Mandalorian get was. It was okay. But it wasn't like, oh my God, I've got to take time off from work to be able to watch this. But they've got DuckTales, Zach. They've got, they've got, they've got Darkwing Duck. They've got they've all got of them. They've got both of the Sweet Life TV shows. <laughs> they've got, yeah, both, they got, they've got both of the Apple Dumpling Gang movies. Wow. Like, it goes really far back. If you haven't watched the Apple Dumpling Gang, it's got Don Knotts, who played Barney Fife on... The Andy Griffith oh show. Yes, I love the Apple Dumpling game. And it's got Tim Conway, who was Ensign Parker on McHale's Navy, and then he was Barnacle a... Boy on SpongeBob. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why I mentioned the Apple Dumpling game. Why would that be the first thing that I talk about? It's just that's how much I mean, stuff awesome. this app has got. There's some deep there, cuts. There's in a there. lot of stuff on there, and then a lot of you know, uh, Marvel movies and a lot of classic Disney movies and stuff like that. Like, it's crazy how much stuff they got on here. They even got Avatar on here, which I, yeah, I could not. But if you, I, I mean, but if you look at if you look at like the Pixar section and the Marvel section, you realize how much stuff is actually missing. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of Pixar movies that are that are not there. There's a bunch of Marvel movies, especially MCU movies, that are not there, and they own. Everything they own, all the X Men movies that we just started talking about a few weeks ago, like they own it all, and it's not there. So that stuff's gonna be added pretty soon. So even as much as it's there, there's so much stuff that can be added. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's a shame that they're suffering so much growing pains. I guess it just comes with territory, being that it's this massive thing. I guess there's no amount of testing they could go through Dude. to test like how many millions of people like it had what 10 million subscribers in the first yes, couple of days or first yep. day so insane like <laughs> that's a lot of people using one website at the same so time here's here's some of the other highlights that i've added to my watch list they've got treasure planet they've got sky high oh wow they've got tim allen's the shaggy dog which features robert downey jr before he became iron man it's oh, got yeah. the 1998 parent trap it's got pretty much every Muppet movie you can think of, including the Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island. I was watching Muppet Treasure Island yesterday. Dude, it's such a good movie. Yep, it's amazing. Uh, okay, here's one that you're going to love, Jake. It's got the movie that's based on the book, Holes. Yes, I love Holes. <laughs> it's got Glory Road, which is one of my favorite sports movies ever. George of the Jungle, one of my favorite comedies ever. 
I mean, the, both of the both of the Goofy movies, both of the Sweet Life TV shows, Dinosaur, uh, Brother Bear, the Atlantis movies, 101 Dalmatians, both the animated and the live action, both the animated and live action Jungle Books. It's got Rebels and Resistance on it already. So if you uh-huh. haven't seen those or haven't finished those, you've got the option to see that. The old 90s TV series Timon and Pumbaa, which came out right after the Lion King movie, they kept the momentum by doing a Disney Channel TV show featuring the, those two's adventures. DuckTales, both the old and the new, both of the Inspector Gadget movies, The Great I- Mouse Detective, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Lilo and Stitch, Game Plan, Rookie of the Year, The Good Dinosaur, uh, even the old TV shows like the X-Men and Silver Surfer, Boy Meets World, Miracle on Ice, and, oh yeah, a little thing called All 30 Seasons of The Simpsons. Yes, I started watching The Simpsons (laughs) yesterday because I've never seen it. And today, just for kicks and giggles, because I've never seen the second one. I've seen the first Inspector Gadget, but the second one I've never seen. Oh, it's terrible. I it may be one of the worst movie I've ever seen, actually. Yeah, it's it's like terrible, oh like worse than Zombies. OK, not that bad. But it's, <laughs> it's, it is. It's still awful. It's it's so bad. It try is so watching incredibly bad. I mean, whose idea was it for Harry from Third Rock from the Sun to be the next iteration of Inspector Gadget? Right. It's like, OK, we're going to recast everybody. <laughs> Uh, Rupert Everett is not Claw anymore. It's going to be a guy who we don't even show his face, but he's obviously like way older than Rupert Everett, and uh, he wears a hat now for some reason. Oh, because and... that's the way it was on the old uh, TV show. Well, yeah, you don't see his face. I I knew that, but like it just like what they were trying to do with it here just did not work. It's so much no, better when you just it was just so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad, which <laughs> makes it a great drinking game. Yeah, like oh, every God. time something stupid has to be dead in 15 minutes. You'd be, you'd be pretty wasted like after 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. But anyway, The Mandalorian. Mandalorian is probably one of the yeah. best things on Disney Plus, let's be honest. Yeah. All, yeah. Of, the, all of the I'm, epics I'm that willing... we just described, all of the great things that we described, and The Mandalorian is probably, in, in my estimation, down as best original series created for streaming services ever created. I hope so. I, th- I think it's shaping up to be that. Uh, it's like it's, it's well, got you, the potential for sure. You mentioned before that it had a very firefly feel to it. And I completely agree with that. It's like the space meets wild west feel. And I, mm-hmm. I loved how firefly captured, like it, it was able to two seem separate concepts and bring them together beautifully and you know into something brand new and this kind of feels the same way but just set in the star wars universe and it works right. so well and and the razor crest itself even reminds me of the firefly yes. a little bit doesn't exactly. it yeah exactly and exactly like even though in even the cargo hold and like how you go up i know it's a little different but it's like it, it's the same concept um but uh, yeah, like we're getting totally kind of close into spoilerish territory here. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd love to talk about all. <laughs> well, let's let's do this. Let's read Joey's comment really quick, and I will do I will do so, and then we'll jump into spoilers. That way, we won't have to worry about we'll to, us we'll trying to anymore. control ourselves or freaking out people thinking that we're going to say something spoilery when we're not. Um, so here we go. Joey Mays, our 
good friend and supporter and patron, he says, quote, I am not a Boba Fett fan and most of the Mandalore slash Mandalorian stuff never interested me, except for the lore and legends commando books by Karen Travis. But the build-up to that show definitely piqued my interest, and Chapter 1 delivered. It looked like and felt like it belonged in the mythos. I'm a sucker for connections and Easter eggs, good fan service, all day, every day, please. And I was not disappointed. These, this, There was plenty of action and enough humor. It flowed nicely, and I'm very excited for Chapter 2 to be released on Friday. Can I also a great just... analysis, can I, Joey. can I just give Joey mad props for using the word peaked with correct spelling? <laughs> That's a hard P- one. That's one I've looked up P- before. P-I-Q-U-E-D. When you're talking about something peaked your interest, it's not peaked like a mountaintop peak it's not p-e-a-k-e-d here's your spelling lesson for the day kitties peaked is spelled p-i-q-u-e-d thank you mr Mays. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness all right so you've had enough warning guys <laughs> spoilers are coming here we're, we're we're gonna start spoiling the crap out of this so as i said Find a way to watch this. I don't care where you are, what you're doing. You 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 want to experience this on your own because and and if you're not watching it, stay off the internet and by all means, don't listen to any podcast because you're gonna get spoiled. Lots of podcasts um, gonna be talking about this. We're not the only ones out a there. A lot, but we may be one of the best. Yeah, ones. yeah, of course, of course. I'll have some more details about a new podcast coming out very soon. Oh you might want to take a listen to. Um, but. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and go for the elephant in the room right now. It's the, the thing that leaves you gasping at the end of the episode. The thing that you that's in your mind when you finish oh, this episode. We're skipping all the way to the end already. <laughs> we're going to start at the end and work our way back. We're, 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 okay. we're doing this, all, all right. right? So, Yoda baby. Yoda baby. Yoda baby. Yoda man, Yoda baby. So, that's a thing. Yeah. It happened. I was so shocked. So shocked. Be honest. I thought, and I could have my alien species mixed up here, but those guys defending the outside of that place, I thought they were like Weequay or something like that. And I was like, is Hondo going to be in there? I thought it was going to be Hondo or something. (laughs) I don't know the timeline. I don't know if that, if that matches up. I think it does. Maybe. I think the guys on the outside are Nick Nick-toes. Toes. Okay, they looked very weak way to me, but yeah, they look um, they look like pirates. Yeah, they're in the okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did look like pirates, but yeah, okay. Anyway, we know Hondo's around, and we know he's kind of got a fledgling crew in and out, um, but he survives into the sequel era, so he's still alive. But he's somewhere. I was Does very he show wrong. up in Resistance. Um, not yet. <laughs> so the most. So, um, so the most be... recent appearance we have for him then is what Rebels, Rebels, or if you count Galaxy's Edge, animatronic version. Yeah, I don't. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's but, canon. Uh, yeah, it was not Hondo. Uh, like I thought it was going to be. It was a baby, whatever the heck Yoda is. Yeah, that's. I love that they still haven't revealed it. Like we don't mm-hmm. know, but it's just the big reveal of like. I always assumed, like, oh, yeah, Yoda just came to age like normal, but apparently not. Apparently, at 50, Yoda was still an yeah. infant, <laughs> which is just blows my mind. And just revealing that in this episode is great and, and having that big reveal of it could have been any baby. It really could have been any baby. Yeah, that, that would have been enough of a surprise. I think it was the fact that it was a Yoda baby that just 
drove everyone insane. And I'm, I'm sure half the people are going like, oh, Yoda, it's Yoda. It's a baby mm-hmm. Yoda. We're, this is a prequel. No. Well, okay, that is a big question then. Here, here, it's kind of a twofold question. The first question that I want to pitch to you guys is, we know from Maz Kanata in The Force Awakens that there are other species out there that can live for centuries. Why, yeah. why did they choose Yoda's species over another one that can live for hundreds of years? And B, the question that has been plaguing the internet since the reveal, is this Yoda? Or is it just a member of his species? No, I mean, the timeline, well, Yoda would already be dead because this is after. Return Yoda's Yoda. been dead five years, at least, at this point. Oh, really? Unless you want to go unless you want to go all timey-wimey on this and say, oh, there's world between world stuff going on and it's going to be a time loop. reincarnation. Yoda be dead. Well, okay, so let's answer the first question and then i'll give my speculation on the answer to the second question so why why choose a member of yoda's species over another one that can live for millennia at a time is it is it Uh, is it just so you can drop that little nugget in there and make people excited because i mean i probably would have been excited if it was maz kanata's species but maybe other people who haven't seen the force awakens or whatever like i i feel like it was just because the Yoda's ears and all that sort of stuff is just very accessible. Like people recognize it so easily that it was a, it was a great way to have conversation without having to be like over the top. Maybe it was over the top. I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. No, I think, I think out of universe, it definitely makes sense that it's a big shock value. Like we, I've only seen like three or four of this species ever in Star Wars, counting legends and all. Mm-hmm. Like these, this is a very rare alien, and one that we don't even know what the name of the species is. So, like, it makes sense that they would put it in there. From a in-universe perspective, the Doctor Pershing, who is with Werner Herzog, some people have pointed out that this character has a Kaminoan patch on hey, his yes. shoulder. Hey. Hey. Did I steal your thunder? Hey. All right, go with it. I'm the one who pitched that theory to you, bozo. <laughs> what are you stealing my thunder for? Uh, just do it. Nah. Do it for fun. Nah. <laughs> and, you know, you just came back. It's been a while, so I had to get into your skin well, somehow. You, you just big, fat, wet, and did it anyway. <laughs> Hey, you should have heard last week's episode. We were we were trash talking. Oh, you think I right. didn't hear last week's episode? Oh, snap. oh, oh! oh snap. <laughs> you think I don't listen oh, to the episodes that I'm not on? Oh wow! Oh, you would be right. I didn't. Listen. I've said too much. I've said too much. I feel self conscious now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always judging you. Okay, Mister Cloner uh, Boy, uh, lay out your. Well, th- okay, go so, ahead with so what Joey you're posted say. this on your page because he found it from the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics. The the doctor, as you aforementioned, is wearing a uniform that has a Kaminoan emblem on his right sleeve. Uh, that emblem, uh, according to this alliance of Star Wars fanatics, is one that is worn by all clones. However, he doesn't look like any clone that I've ever seen, especially those glasses. I mean, what is going on here? But... <laughs> I think is this the first time we've seen glasses in Star Wars? Uh, no. 
Oh. No, I don't think so. The, the there has been a couple characters here and there. There's a, there's a Doctor Nuvo Vindi from the Clone Wars. Yeah, 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 That's the one yeah, I can think. Yes, yeah, yes. That's the one I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, you had to bring up that nightmare, didn't you? Oh <laughs> man, I'd almost forgotten that <laughs> duology. Thanks for rushing that back into my forefront of my mind. Uh, so this patch is one that is worn by all clones, although we very rarely see a clone with a beard and we very rarely see a clone with glasses. So as soon as I saw that this was a Kaminoan emblem, it's just entirely possible that this, this particular doctor is working for the Kaminoans. And we know that Kamino is very well known for their cloning capabilities and they worked alongside the Jedi during the Clone Wars it's entirely possible that they got a sample from Yoda and turned him into a host for a brand new clone they're gonna clone Yoda's we've it's something that's something we've never actually had addressed in the films or the TV Mm -hmm. series is like it's something that, that the Force Unleashed actually addressed, is the Force Unleashed kind of clearly outlined it, or, or at least some some characters in that show went, oh, you can't you can't clone Jedi. You can't do it. It's just impossible. And then they kind of did it in that video game. And, of course, that's not canon anymore. Thank God. But, like, what is the canon answer? You know, what can you clone Jedi? Is it possible? <laughs> is it, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, it would make sense... And I don't know, maybe they had Yoda's DNA on file. And uh, they just looked it up, and they're trying to think. But that means that they've been working on this for 50 years. Well, okay, so... This is pre-Phantom so Menace. So that, that's, that's the other thing, is if this if this is without any genetic replication, then how did they get their hands on Yoda's DNA so far, like, so far back, so long ago? Like... The Republic has fallen, the Empire has risen, and has since fallen, and this child is still in the cradle. Yeah. Like, where where's it been this whole time? Like, exactly. Where's it been this whole time? And you know, it. We know that the clones of Jango Fett had some alterations made so that there was a little bit of growth acceleration. That could easily explain away why the child is fifty years old or something like that. A little, a little bit of growth acceleration, perhaps. But how has this been a secret that's been kept for so incredibly long? But to me, it explains why a Kaminoan scientist wants the asset brought back alive. Because this could be 50 years worth of work or more that has to be preserved or else you're basically starting all over again. Right. See, I think maybe... I think maybe it's the opposite effect here. I think maybe there is something special. He's not a clone of anybody. He's just a normal baby. But there's something special about him that they want, that they want his DNA or whatever, to clone him. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, um, you, to that's use him as my the host. Interesting. Right. And I, I don't know if that means that... I, I think maybe it's a bit... I don't know. It seems weird that, like you're going to introduce this alien and like, are we supposed to believe that all of these aliens are force sensitive? Because like that's kind of goes against like 
the pre-established like rules of this universe. Like normally speaking, it's kind of like this random thing. Like you you can get it via genetics if your father or mother is stronger than force, you can get it. But it doesn't usually go like a single you know alien race is strong with the force. Normally speaking, but all the Yodas we've seen have been strong Yaddle. with the force. Yoda, <laughs> Yaddle, and now and now this one. So you know, I think there was one in the Old Republic, but like that's it. So. I don't know, it kind of sets a precedent for, like, why are you going to go down this route with a Force-sensitive kid? And, and it could be. That could be where we see the Force brought into this show because it's really absent so far. But I don't know. I don't know how they're going to go with this. I thought, going in before I knew it was a Yoda baby, I thought it was going to be that this kid was going to be the potential leader of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the next. And that could still be the case. I just... I don't think so. I think most Mandalorians are human. I mean, I guess it's possible. I just don't think so at this point. I yeah. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily see this child as the future of Mandalore. If we're gonna go back to our Firefly references, I kind of see this almost like a train job situation. Like the Mandalorian Maybe. was given this job. And wasn't given a whole lot of specifics. And as a policy, he didn't ask for a lot of details. He just took it, took the job, took the payment. And now that he has seen what it is that he's got his hands on, I feel like he's going to be facing like a moral slash ethical decision in episode two. It's like, oh, I did the job, but I didn't realize this was the type of job I was doing. What do I do now? Kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's still a lot of potential. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot to unwrap. And that's what makes this such a good first episode is even with a big reveal like this, you you have some semblance of closure by acknowledging, you know, who he is as a person. He's got some connection to the the Mandalorian culture by being a part of that tribe. He's got a really great reputation since the client called him one of the best in the Parsec. You know, he, he's got some connections to his old life by driving a, or flying in a Razor Crest class vessel. You're starting to learn a little bit more about him. And that's what leads me to believe that he may be facing an interesting decision in this next episode because it's based on the types of decisions that we've seen him make in this episode. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing is, like, this first episode sets up so many different possibilities, and obviously, I mean, we can assume this is going to be paid off later on in the in the season, even in the next episode, we'll probably learn more about what's going on here. But, uh, and you know what? Just for IPC's sake, we're not going to be covering each and every episode, unfortunately, because we've got other yeah, things we to do. talk about. But uh, I would love, maybe next year sometime, come back to this when the season is done and have a good old-fashioned discussion, just a full discussion about a season, what happened. A season recap what's is definitely in order. Because we usually don't do this. We haven't done these things in a while where we just discuss one episode, but this was a huge mm-hmm. deal. Disney Plus coming up, Mandalorian coming up. Everyone is talking about this. We had to get our two cents in on this. And by the time you guys are hearing it, you probably already know some of the answers because you're two or three episodes into The Mandalorian. But... Still deserves a lot well, of discussion, and you know what, what's interesting is we've already gotten confirmation and even a set photo from season two. 
Yes. Like there is right. su- there is such right. confidence about the success of this show that they are already working on a second season when all we've gotten is the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy how how this is moving along. We're, we're guaranteed a second season, and considering the reaction, I can't imagine they won't get a third and a fourth too. Um, however long they want to go, it'll probably go because the show is a crowd pleaser and it's great and deserves all the praise and the glory that it could possibly get. And speaking of praise and glory, let's let's praise a few other things because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. We just talked about the very end. And there's so many other things, so many other things. For example, the Mandalorian himself. I have to talk about him just for a bit because he is kind of the main character. I mean, they did name the show after him. Right, they did. Right. I'm going to throw it to you, Jake. You know, about just the character himself, how Pedro Cascal portrays his character because we don't see his face. He's wearing the helmet the entire time. What did you think about how they portrayed this character just in helmet nods and stuff like that like he puts a lot of gestures into the movements where we still don't get any facial expressions nothing mm-hmm. from this character. well i think the whole idea of this and to kind of echo the body language and aura that boba fett gave and even Django fett gave and just mandalorians in general kind of but especially boba fett himself which is you know who we're supposed to be reminded of i think uh is that there's this sense of mysteriousness that comes with this character and and with his face covered you know even though we know who's playing him what he looks like underneath he's a mysterious character he's a man of few words um we don't know hardly anything about him besides he's a foundling uh he has this bounty hunting uh business and he 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 seems to be kind to people, you know, so he he's got two right. sides to him and that's part part of what makes him mysterious. But he's also unpredictable, you know, because at the end he he takes out IG-11 and I, I didn't see that coming. Um, but, yeah, the, I think the the whole idea of mysteriousness was really nailed here and they did a great job capturing that feeling of like we don't know who this guy is or what to even think about him. But. We're going to stick around to find out. Yeah, I think they really, like you said, nailed it in, in, in the sense of creating a character and presenting him in a way that makes him really endearing, that makes him, you want to know where he goes next. You want to know more about him. You you want to follow him because he seems like a genuine person who's just making it through this life and has some good in him, even though he's doing some pretty terrible things, you know, he still has a heart. And that makes you right. want to root for him. Um, but doing all of that in the sense of we haven't seen his face. We don't know who he is. We don't know where he came from. You know, all we know is he has this troubled past. He's an orphan. That's really interesting. That's a great way to introduce a character. And the fact that we don't know anything about him, but yet we're still invested. I think that's a great testament to how they present mm-hmm. this character. Um, Zach, what, 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 what's your first take on the Mandalorian himself? Well, like, like I said, there, there was enough about him to cause me to, uh, predict that he's, he's going to be facing, you know, an interesting ethical, moral decision later on in, in the, in the second episode, because the Bounty Hunters Guild, according to Wikipedia, which is, you know, a hundred percent certifiable, 
<laughs> oh, the boy. guild has a certain code that they live by. They have a certain set of rules that they follow. And it's entirely possible that that code that they live by, this may be a violation of it. You know, maybe it's possible that, you know, even though the asset is 50 years old, it's still in its infancy stage and you don't hurt children or something like that. You know, it's entirely possible that there could be some sort of rule in there or maybe because he was a foundling himself, he doesn't want to hurt a foundling regardless of species. And so, you know, there's yeah. there's enough about him to to make you realize there's something under that helmet. There's something under that breastplate and it's called a heart. You know, that kind of <laughs> cheesy crap that, that you, people are going to be saying about yeah. him later on. But he's also shrouded in enough mystery and enough badassery that you just are captivated every time he's on the screen from the moment he walks into the saloon at the beginning of the movie and chops a quarren in half all the way to the little ET finger touch moment at the end of the episode. <laughs> you just enjoy watching everything that he does because you don't get facial expressions but you do still get enough depth of character to want to see every move that he makes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, Pedro Pascal puts so much into the helmet wobbles and, and twitches and the, the dialogue is it, it sells his character. It makes you connect with him despite not having anything human to connect with you still understand that there is someone under that mask that has a heart. And we, as we see at the end of this episode, that he's not willing to kill a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not, like... Yeah, he would... The, the, the start see, of the episode... That, that's the other thing, is I would bet money that there is a rule that stipulates members of the guild may not kill other members of the guild. That's possible. Maybe. Because, you know, they were both surprised that another member of the guild was even on this hunt. Usually... Each job is given to one guild member, and they're the ones that go out on this pursuit. And if they can't do it, then it gets given to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So there's there's definitely seems like the guild is there to kind of control the madness in a way, you know, control what's going on here. You know, not in the sense of they know what they're doing is pretty shady and pretty bad, but it's like okay, we're going to make you guys mm -hmm. work together. And to the point where, you know, Grief Karga says, like, yeah, it's been pretty busy, but a lot of the hunters are just not part of the guild. They don't want to deal with the bureaucracy. They're willing to let things get dirty. And you can imagine, as dirty as it gets for the Mandalorian in his journey, he's working within the guild. Right. Like, you can imagine what other hunters are doing outside of the guild. Like, what are they up to that's, quote-unquote, dirty compared to what the Mandalorian is doing? Right. Right. And so when you're looking at the confines of the guild, you know, he may have just sealed his fate by killing off another member of the guild. Right. Even even if it is maybe, a droid, maybe. they're both like card carrying members of the guild. And for him to choose to kill another member of the guild rather than kill his asset, that that could be another one of those gray areas that's like, oh, is your bounty really worth more than your job opportunities? Mm -hmm. Now, is IG-11 dead, though? I, Do you think he's I dead? I mean, he, he's a droid. He's reparable, but he's definitely offline. 
I think he's going to come back in some way. I think being that so much of the marketing of the show has been around IG-11, he's got his own character poster and all this kind of stuff. I feel like he's going to come back. I like the idea that maybe there's more than mm-hmm. one of him. That maybe now that that one's down, like you'll have another IG unit. Maybe that wasn't, maybe that was IG-10. And maybe IG-11 is going to show up in the next episode, come looking for <laughs> his buddy. And, you know, maybe he wants to kill the Mandalorian because... You, you killed one of our own. Like, you know, that's a big deal. So, you know, I don't know. I it's think gonna be they're just going to repair him. Because if part of the guild is that you can't, like, murder another member of the guild, then why not just bring him back and, like, erase his memory or something? And that way you're still in the clear. It's, it's, it's definitely, I think anything is possible at this point. I feel like that was for shock value. And I was, like, if I had any disappointment about this episode, it was like, Oh, they killed IG-11. Yeah. Like, I-, I wanted to see more of that character. And reviewing the trailers, like, all the footage of IG-11 in the trailers is in this episode. So, like, he very well could be done. And, you know, that'll be a shame, but at the same time, um, I hope he's back in some yeah, form. Yeah, same. But another character we get introduced to is Kewl, or Quill, or whatever his name is. The Ugnaught played brilliantly... By uh, what's his uh, name? By what's his name? You <laughs> Nick, mean Nick Nolte. Nolte? <laughs> Nick Nolte. See, I told you, podcast mental block. My God, I love this character. You love him enough to memorize who voices him, don't you? I remember the character's what's his name. name? What? Well, uh, I love that guy. What's his name? <laughs> it's just me. But hey, we got an Ugnaught in Star Wars, and he has the best conversation ender I have ever heard in my life. I have spoken. I have spoken. So. I didn't even get what he was saying at first, and then I was like, wow, he's actually doing that. And and just, I love that it's totally caught on as the, like this movie. <laughs> well, you know why it's caught on so easily is because that's a thing that millennials and Gen Xers are doing right now. Yeah. Oh, really? have, have you guys heard of the phrase period? Period. Period. Yep, I heard it. I have not. I just realized I just realized I have spoken is period for exactly. Ugnaughts. That's really? exactly why it's caught on so well is because that's basically what period has been for the last four to six months. When, basically, basically, hey. Jake, when a uh, when a millennial or, or a or a Gen Z or did I say Gen X or earlier? I think I I meant I meant so maybe I I'm meant Gen confused. Z. When a, when a millennial or a Gen Z has finished a conversation, when they are done talking about a subject, instead of saying drop it or I'm done or whatever, they basically like move their hands into like a alligator mouth snapping shut close to their mouth. Mm-hmm. And they say period. P-E-R-I-O-D-T. Period. Why? To let the person they're conversing with know that they are done talking about it. They're putting a period on this conversation and switching topics. It's basically millennial or ugnaught for shut the hell up. I'm done with this conversation. I'm right. You're wrong. I'd rather go. hear it from this because, guy than a Gen Zer. I mean, because that's what that's what Kuehl does. He's like. Don't argue with me. I, I said it. I have spoken. Like it, the no, conversation's yeah, exactly. over. We're not. We're, this is not. This exactly. is not a discussion anymore. I've spoken it. Exactly. It's over. He's, he's basically. He's basically saying. Period. 
in Star Wars. Yeah, it's like facts. Oh, facts. <laughs> We're trying a little too hard to be trendy, aren't we? Period. Yeah, that he started it. Come on, we we can't we can't help it. Oh, imagine all the millennials that are going to get big mad over this. This whole podcast is going to be lit, 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 fam. I'm big mad right now. <laughs> big, big mad gets me every time. Every time. I am big mad. <laughs> oh God, you're gonna you're gonna kill me. You're gonna kill me. All right, I want to go to one of our questions here. Favorite moment from the episode, Zach. I'm gonna go to you. Do you have? A favorite movie. You can list more than one if you'd like. You want to cheat? Oh, that's that. That's tough. Um, but if I, if I, if I had to choose something, it would probably be when they're they're fighting uh, at the at the compound, trying to get in, and there's just blasts coming from all over the place. They're basically outnumbered like twenty to two or something, and they're approaching <laughs> the door, and ID Eleven's kind of out in front. The Mando shouts up top, and he just takes both his blasters and just, like, shoots them up in the air without looking and keeps walking. And, like, one of the pirates or, or whoever it is just falls behind him. I love how all of the, I love all of the, like, Wild West, like, positions yes. that they have for all the characters. Like, yes. every one of the pirates that's on a roof, every time they get hit, they immediately fall yes. off the roof. They don't just die, they fall off in yes. epic That's a very Wild West movie trope. Oh, it, it, there's there's a Love lot it. of Wild West tropes. I mean, the whole saloon fight at the beginning of the episode is like very reminiscent of it. And then, um, what are what are they called? Um, they're called blurgs. Yeah, is that what they're go. called? Oh, blurgs. Yeah. Yep. The the blurg writing reminded me so much of like breaking in a, a stallion or something in the old west. Oh yeah, basically two legged horse. More or less, and it's like the whole a cross between a horse, a, a T Rex, and a piranha. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who slept with whom, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just evolution. It, it's, it's weird it sometimes. Life finds a way. Am I right? <laughs> Which, by the way, the world according to Jeff Goldblum, a must watch. I saw it. I've got it was to get great. Of that. It was it was fantastic. Definitely worth a watch. Nice. Uh, but yeah, nice. I, the, the, so, basically yeah, any ahead. of the Old West or Firefly shout-outs I really enjoyed. And then that particular sequence, like that whole fight sequence was really epic. But that particular moment where he's yeah, like up top and it's just boom, and then the guy falls behind him. I was like, okay, I see you. <laughs> Like I just I got really excited over that scene for some reason. Like that was the moment in the fight scene that just kind of certified for me that they put a lot of attention into this, a lot of detail into this, and it was like just going to be completely different from any other gunfight that we'd ever seen before. And yet at the same time, like you guys said, very tropey and elemental in reminiscent to the old west, but not so much that it was like over the top copy and paste kind of thing. Just very creative and very well done. I really love the humor in this, and it wasn't it wasn't the standard like quippy Star Wars humor, or even like Marvel humor. It was this very subtle, dry. Like I'm gonna go to my favorite moment is the one where um, Kuehl and uh, Mando. It could be Quill. I don't know. We'll find out sooner or later what his actual name is. But his, I love the moment that they have in his hut, and Mando's talking to him or whatever, and he says, "I help them," and he says. 
well, they all died. He says, well, it sounds like I didn't, I don't actually need your help or I don't yeah. want your help. And uh, I love that moment because it's like this jokey moment, but it's not like played for laughs. It's just like there if you pick mm-hmm. up on it. I love humor like that because, yeah, just it's it's great little moment. Jake, what is your favorite moment slash moments? Well, I would say mine is exactly the same as Zach's was. It's the whole fight sequence in front of the compound and it was our introduction to ig 11 who we think is ig 11 um and you know the mandalorian's on the ridge he's like looking down and all of a sudden everybody's kind of looking in the direction like a different direction and uh and you you hear taika Waititi's voice and and he's like article 16 of the such and such bounty guild or whatever and he he just takes everybody out and uh later there's more more people that try and kill him but uh ig11 man he is he is a poet with that blaster um those both those blasters uh i love the way he moved i don't know anything with ig11 episode i was like heck yeah which was basically that whole sequence so um yeah definitely my favorite moment the way IG-11 walks and talks was so brilliant, and, and he looks so real. He does. Like, I don't know which parts were CG and which parts were, like, real, because he was spot on. Yeah, I, I feel like that's how I think droids should move, you know? That's, like, it looks like how, uh, how, remember when Anthony Daniels was attached to the like the armorless c3po <laughs> the battle droid. no well well yeah sort of but just the way he kind of walked around in the phantom menace when you yeah, know there's just yeah. something about the movements that were very mechanical and and real feeling and that's that's kind of how it felt to me here so i'm, I'm glad they went that direction and it's kind of how i wish you know not to crap on stuff here but it, it's kind of how i wish k2so moved a little bit um but yeah, I'm. It's cool to see that. I think it, there's definitely a distinction. I don't think there was a puppeteer or a man in a suit for IG11. Yeah. So I think maybe they were ha- at more liberty to kind of make him more robotic. Mm-hmm. I think it helped the character. Whereas obviously 3PO, right. K2, and even L3, like they're very like supposed to be human-like because they're literally a human inside them exactly. controlling them. So you know, it is makes sense. But uh, yeah, I love I love the way he like he he'll move around like he'll go up next to a wall and he'll just like sidle up next to the wall. The way he does it is like very robotic and very like you know not human at all. Mm-hmm. And and just the way he spins around, and he's got he can like shoot different angles at the same time. It's just like yeah. it's the best and then <laughs> the he... character. That's why I don't want him to exactly. die. No, I want him to come back so bad. Uh, I love that that part where he is like walking towards the Mandalorian and just his lower half of his body turns and the upper half stays and he like corrects his leg posture. It was so good. I love that moment. That was really good. I love how he can, everything can like spin independently. It's really, really weird. (laughs) But, uh, okay. Another thing I want to address is the music. Mm -hmm. We've got, Ludwig Göransson. I, I assume Jorans- that's how you Göransson. Göransson. I, I went I went Göransson. on YouTube and looked up how to pronounce that name just to be sure. <laughs> Thank you. 
thank you for all my future, because uh, I'm going to be saying his name a lot <laughs> over the next week <laughs> from a lot of podcasts, and I will be able to correct everyone. Jordanson. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Swedish word, and the G is pronounced with a Y sound. Jordanson. There you go. It makes sense. Ludwig Jordanson. I got it right. Yeah. yeah. This this guy, I knew it was going to be good. I knew coming off of Black Panther, Black Panther's not my favorite Marvel movie by far, but like the music is outstanding in that. And the Black Panther theme is amazing. And I knew it was going to be good, but I really like, I, I bought the soundtrack. It's on iTunes and I've been listening to it. It's great. Like there's so much good stuff in here. And the end credits music is amazing. But just even the stuff in this fight, like, there's some, like, techno stuff in there. Like, it goes back to, like, the days of, like, Kevin Kiner and, like, early Clone Wars with the, the rock music in it. Like, really weird stuff, but uh, I loved it. Jake, what did you think about the music? Uh, to be completely honest with you, I didn't really notice a whole lot of it. Both times I watched it, it wasn't something... How dare you? Well, for some whatever reason, because I I love music and stuff, and I I love especially Star Wars music. And I I think the only music that I can even recall is at the very beginning when the Mandalorian, the the door opens up and he's just standing there. And it was kind of like a Wild West. Like, I don't even know what to describe it. Like, it was like a... To be fair, I usually, with any movie or anything, I don't notice the music, like, first or second time. It takes, like, third or fourth time to me to start, like, really paying yeah. attention to the music. So I totally Yeah, I mean, I mean, I usually do if it's, like, prominent enough, I guess. But I, I think I do need to watch it a third time to get it. But the, And I think the music is very subtle. Yeah. In, 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 in by, by design, it's, you know, it's very kind of in the background. It's supposed to be this very you know it's not supposed to be as grand as like the you know sergio leone or whatever good bad and Mm -hmm. the ugly like it's it's not as overt as that but it's definitely evoking that and it's supposed to remind you of that but it's not as you know not as there not as much as is uh it's not as overt but uh yeah it's great uh zach what did you catch wind of the music did you uh i did actually um probably more so the second time than the first time but uh, Jordanson's work is very different from anything that we've really heard from Star Wars before. Um, this was more centered on the woodwinds than it was on traditional brass wind instruments. A mm, lot of yeah. Williams's work is things like trumpets and flutes and trombones and the like. This one felt more like you were putting a, a heavier emphasis on things like maybe an ocarina or a clarinet or an oboe or something like that. Was it an and ocarina of time? It was not an ocarina of time. It was just oh. a regular rock. But Boring. Transported us to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so technically <laughs> true. Uh, long time ago, whatever. Um, but that that was more along the lines of what kind of impression I was getting from the music. I mean... I feel like it's likely to help evoke something that has to do with Mandalorian culture, even though we didn't really hear a lot of that from the Clone Wars. Um, but it, it was it was very heavily emphasized when he went to the little um, community where the other Mandalorians were. And then it was also very prevalent when going across the desert 
and and making your way to the scene in the compound. So um, I feel like there's definitely going to be more opportunity for some of those solos for Jorinson to kind of showcase his work, which excites me. And uh, I liked what I heard. It was definitely a, a Western influence, like a wild, wild West, not like Western civilization, but just like the wild West influence, but not necessarily as overt, like you guys said about something like the good, the bad and the ugly or um, what was it? Any John Wayne film or something like that or Gunsmoke, right. or, you know, what have you. It, it wasn't it wasn't the Bonanza theme. But it was enough to remind you of it. Exactly. While still putting a Star Wars spin on it. So I thought it I thought it was good. Some of it some of it almost felt like tribal. It was very like It could be. I don't know. It was in it was kind of this weird mix of and it was kind of between like your classic Western and your classic Star Wars. Kinda of like he was going for like something in between that and then going off into kind of some weird directions. I think this show, I think it helps establish this show as having its own distinct sound and its distinct feel. And we know from, from previous Star Wars films and TV shows that music does so much to establishing what you're feeling, what, what, you, what the show actually is evoking. And I think The Mandalorian already sets itself up for some really good you know, emotion, some tension, giving us that really strong, you know, you know, songs that are they're in the background, but you know, and some of them you may notice, some of them you may not. Obviously, there's there's some really big musical moments, some less subtle ones, but overall, I think it, it establishes the tone of the show, which I think is so important. It's and it, which makes it so unique that we're talking about this now is because I think a lot of people are really blown away by the show. Is that it feels so different? It feels like Star Wars. But it's also very different and very unique and something we've never really seen I, before. I did think it was a little jarring when uh, All Star started playing in the middle of it for no reason. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was, was a little bit like, off. I don't know if this Somebody is good for Star Wars. Told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. And, and when that blurg started talking like Eddie Murphy really <laughs> just threw me off. And in the morning, I'm making waffles. Oh, well, I've got a talking blurg. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is it getting to that time already? I suppose so. Um, I suppose we've got a few other things to talk about, but this may be a, a good place to take a little yeah, quick break. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's hit the pause uh, button here and uh, grab a quick drink of water and all that good stuff, and then we'll be uh, back on the flip side to wrap up this discussion of Mandalorian, give our planet scores for this first episode, and any hopes that we might have for the rest of this season. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute, and we'll be wrapping things up shortly on the IPC Podcast. This is IPC. Greetings, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. 
I have a bad feeling about this. Hey y'all, this is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? And before we get too much further into the wrap-up part of our discussion topic, a quick shout-out to the patrons of the IPC podcast, including Joey Mays, who we've talked about already. Jake, um, I don't know why you're still a patron if you're also a co-host. Is that like a conflict of interests? It might be. (laughs) You're essentially paying yourself. I I will accept no money. I am happy to fund this endeavor. (laughs) <laughs> Every month, Jake just takes some money out of the wallet and then he looks at it and he puts it back <laughs> in his wallet. And I, that's I, that's I am my, I I am my own patron. This, I donated it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my own lights on around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you also to Rachel, Dan, Parker, and Carrie. You guys and girls help keep things running, help keep the lights on as it would be. And you give us a lot of really great insights and a lot of really great ideas as far as what we can do on the show. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, then you can go visit our uh, podcast page at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. It's got our entire library of episodes in addition to a patron link that you can click on. And it'll give you more details about Mm -hmm. how you can become a patron of this podcast. Yes, indeed. All right, guys. I think we made it. I think we are down to the wire. And we got our final thoughts up next. I hope you guys have thought about this. I know I haven't. <laughs> um, so let's get into this. Jake, yes. are you ready? Do you have your plan score thing? Okay, you lead us off, please, with your final thoughts and planet score out of 10 for the Mandalorian All chapter right. 1. All right. Final thoughts of this episode. Great start. I'm intrigued. It had a really interesting ending. Introduced us to some awesome characters that I can't wait to see more of. Hopefully we get to see more of IG-11 because I think he was my favorite part of the episode. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And guess what? Tomorrow 
or the day after tomorrow, actually, uh, we get a brand new episode, and I'm excited about that. But my yeah. planet score for this episode is a 8.9. Yeah, I'm doing 8.9. Just on the cusp of a 9. Uh, for some reason, the music didn't stick out to me as much as I had wished it had, but maybe that's my fault. Um, and I, I thought some of the dialogue from some, some characters here and there was maybe just a little like flat and, and, and wooden, but maybe that was the intention. I don't know, but just just uh, i'm not bashing on anything it was still great I, I loved pretty much everything about it so yeah an 8.9 awesome awesome zach you uh you have your thoughts formulated yeah for this one? yeah and it, it's actually borrowing thoughts that you posted on facebook a few hours ago uh <laughs> it, you said imagine going back to 1977 and telling someone that one day there's going to be a live action star wars tv show that features a pig man riding a miniature T-Rex, a 50-year-old baby, and a blue alien looking for a toilet. <laughs> you you basically pointed out all of the oddities and eccentricities of this episode in one Facebook post. That, that was, that was it, what it, I was it getting It is at. very odd. It is very, very odd when you, when you put it into such a, a narrow window as a Facebook post. But those are legitimate things to think about. You know, this guy waltzes in and fights in a barroom brawl to capture this guy. And as soon as he gets onto his ship, the first thing he wants to do is go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, like, really? Really? It's like those, like, you know, it's like having kids or something like that. As soon as you get on the road, yeah, they got to go to the bathroom. Much. Dad, where are we much. there yet? And yet I also found it pretty cool that the Mandalorian had outfitted his Razor Crest class ship with, a uh, a carbon freezer like it's yeah. built right in yeah. basically and that was actually pretty cool because it shut that guy up pretty quickly um i think some of the things that i really really enjoyed about this was some of the parallels that it had to other elements like when when he makes it back to claim his reward the town has a very rogue one jetta feel to it and the speeder mm -hmm. shot on your way to the Razorcrest ship is almost identical to a speeder shot that we get in A New Hope with Luke and 3PO going after R2. So, I mean, they're doing these very subtle and very fun nods to previous movies while also telling a story by themselves. It is a little on the weird side that a dude whose face we never see is fighting with a robot. And they end up, you know, taking out over 20-something bad guys, potentially. I didn't get, like, a full kill count, but I would estimate at least 20 guys guarding that compound. I think closer to 40, and probably. Like, they, they, they slaughtered a bunch crazy. of dudes. It's crazy how, you know, that whole idea of never tell me the odds kind of comes into play a little bit. But, you know, if for all of the things that are a little weird, like, uh, like the blurg writing and horse-breaking sequence... The, the guy using the vac tube to ex evacuate his thorax. You know, there's there's some <laughs> things that are a little weird, but then there's some things that are really cool, like the the 50-year-old Yoda creature. We don't even know if it is Yoda or if it's one of Yoda's offspring that he had with Yaddle. You know, there's all kinds of weird speculation that's going on. Oh, yeah, he hit that. He hit that, he did. 
Um, but referencing for, a meme that was posted in our chat <laughs> that, that had a picture of Yaddle and it said, hit that Yoda did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but for all of those oddities and eccentricities, it's a great show. And it's accessible to a lot of people yeah. because my dad really enjoyed it. My sister enjoyed it. That's um, my boss enjoyed it. I get to work this morning, and the first thing he said to me was, did you see The Mandalorian? Like, like <laughs> he said, this is the thing I've been waiting for, and it's the thing that's reminded me the most of the original trilogy since Disney bought the franchise. Yes. And so, so it's it's reaching a lot of different audiences, and it's doing it in a matter of hours, matter of days, and has the potential to keep doing that moving forward. And I think that's what excites me the most. It's a great tone setter, and it's it's great for discussion, and it's done a really great job at giving us an idea of what we can expect from the rest of the season. And hopefully it just gets better. So with that in mind, um, I'm going to open with an 8.5 because I know that this is just the first episode. And I know that I know that I know in my heart of hearts that it has to get better. And I'm hoping that by the time this season's over, I'm looking at this season as a whole, giving it a 9.9 or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's a, fantastic start and i'm excited for more indeed indeed and as for me um you know as i said i I, my initial reaction was kind of iffy and then i as i've watched it over and over and it's not a totally a a a good reaction when you have to watch something over and over again it's it's the same thing with me and and last jedi i had to watch that movie several times to go okay i can live with this movie i i like this movie actually but then you're like did you really like it, or are you just making yourself like it? Um, but I think based on everyone else's reaction, I think I was just weird. I was just coming at it with weird thing. Also, the Disney Plus was was skipping on me or something like that. It was really it was glitching on me when my first experience. So I didn't have to get the full experience when I first watched it. So the second one was much better. And overall, I think the show is doing so many things right, and I, I want to give it a really high score because of that. Because I feel like. It's going in the direction I feel like Star Wars, as it stands right now, has done a lot in regards to connecting things back to what came mm-hmm. before. In regards to, here's a cameo of this character or this character. It's it's Luke, it's Han, it's Leia, it's 3PO, it's R2, it's, it's Chewbacca. And that's what the new films have been about. I like all of the films have dealt with either one, if not all of the big three from the original trilogy, even... Rebels, even Resistance, all this stuff has largely revolved around making those big connections. The Mandalorian feels like this first time where we're kind of going off in this direction of we're going with new characters, new stories. This is after Return of the Jedi, but it feels like it could be set really any time in the galaxy. And it really feels new and fresh and dark and gritty and all those things. And I love that it's just a straight-up Western. One of the things I loved about Star Wars The Clone Wars was that that show would go off in weird directions, would go off in, in on episodes where it was just a Western or just a spy thriller or just anything of that nature. It would take off on certain parts of the genres, of the many, many genres that Star Wars is based on. And this Mandalorian feels like that. It feels like, okay, well, this is a hard, hard left turn into the Western genre, and I love it. I love the aesthetic. I love the music. I love the characters. Everything about this looks great. 
but it also has a ton of Easter eggs, a ton of things. We get a Life Day reference. The holiday special is apparently canon now, or at least, or at least Wookiee Life Day is canon now, and I love it. I love all the references. I eat it up. I'm with Joey that, like, I live for all these little references and stuff that 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 connect everything. But it, it's so subtle that it's not going to pull anybody out of it. But it really means something to the people that that are noticing it, like me. So I love that stuff, and I can't wait for more. I really think I think this episode, if I had to be critical of it. I think I'm going to agree with, I think Jake said that some of the dialogue was a bit off. I think it could have been punched up a little bit. I think some of the interplay between um, Mando and IG-11 could have been played up a little bit more. I still like their camaraderie, but I think it could have been a bit more. Um, and I think maybe <laughs> maybe the whole toilet joke at the beginning, I could have lived without, to be quite honest. It was still funny. I still like it because it's super weird and super stupid. And I love stupid, weird things in Star Wars, but at the same time, it's, it is it is a bit out there. And we literally had a toilet joke in Star Wars. Literally! It happened! So, uh, yeah. But, overall, I'm going to give it the highest score out of you guys. I'm going to go with a 9 nice. out of 10. Very, very interesting. Everything ranging from an 8.5 to a 9, which I think is very fair for a first episode. And is actually giving a, a lot of credit where it is due you know like we said it's very cinematic in nature and has a lot of really really good elements and even with some of the choppy dialogue there's also some good dialogue mixed in in there and uh, we happen to Mm -hmm. we happen to catch one of those snippets of good dialogue that we're going to be uh utilizing here on the program tonight actually yeah, so if you don't immediately recognize it, which you probably should, this is the little scene that comes after the musical moment that we we talked about earlier where uh, they get out to the compound and uh, Quill and the Mando, they arrive on the ridge and they're looking over and they have the last little conversation before the Mando goes down and witnesses IG-11. And it's a great little conversation and, of course, Quill ends it the only way he knows how. So without further ado, here is tonight's quote of the night. That is where you'll find your quarry. Please, you deserve this. Since these ones arrived, this territory has been an endless stream of mercenaries seeking reward and bringing destruction. Then why did you guide me? They do not belong here. Those that live here come to seek peace. There will be no peace until they're gone. Then why do you help? I have never met a Mandalorian. I've only read the stories. If they are true, you will make quick work of it. Then there will again be peace. I have spoken. I have spoken? I'm glad he pointed out that he spoke there. I wouldn't have noticed. I, I never would have been able to guess. I never would have been able to figure that out. But, I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's an interesting concept that there are some people who don't belong who are causing trouble, and there are other people who don't belong that are also causing trouble by trying to fight the people who are causing trouble. And so he looks at this Mandalorian as as the opportunity for peace. You know, the one shot that he's got left at actually, you know, resolving things and sending things back to normal. And it's 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 a cool idea. And so far, his 
his ideas have, have proven right. Um, but I guess season season one episodes two through eight. It's an eight episode season, right? I two believe through, so. Two through I eight so. will uh, apparently reveal more and hopefully have another appearance by Nick Nolte's character. We shall find out. Have either of you guys ever seen the movie Over the Hedge? Oh yeah. No. Uh, of course, me not seeing a movie should be no surprise to much. anyone. I would tell you to watch it on Disney Plus, but it's a DreamWorks film. <laughs> Just wait. Uh, six months from now, we're gonna get a, a DreamWorks Plus or something like that. <laughs> or Disney will just buy DreamWorks, DreamWorks. <laughs> Are you okay, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> I think I broke him. I'm sorry. I don't know why that made me laugh. I just so about killed. I just about oh. killed him last week. I used my uh, Disney minus yeah, joke. Yeah, Disney minus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just seems like such like a like a terrible effort to catch up with Disney. Like, oh guys, we need an idea. Uh, <laughs> a, a DreamWorks Plus. Put it out there. <laughs> You're joking. You're joking. But we have Apple TV yeah, Plus. I know. It's a thing. Put Shrek 1 through 4 up there. Go. <laughs> and we'll, we'll put up the Prince <laughs> of Egypt and, and the Kung Fu Panda movies in a couple of months. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't be a bad service. I would buy that. We're going to come out with the Prince of Egypt, the legend continues show. It's going to be a DreamWorks <laughs> Plus original series. Gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. No, it's going to be like the How to Train Your Dragon TV show. And yeah. and then I'm pretty sure they did like a King Julian Madagascar TV show at one point. But I think that's a Netflix original. I feel like I feel like DreamWorks is trying to partner with Netflix so that they don't have to make their own service. You know who else partnered with Netflix today? Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah that's true. I saw that. And it looked like a freaking mobile Facebook post like nobody put any effort into this there was there was no effort whatsoever in the creation of this post like no graphics no videos attached to it like nothing it was literally just like a singular facebook post that they put out there that just says netflix and nickelodeon have formed a multi-year deal to produce original animated feature films and television series based both on the nickelodeon library of characters as well as all new ip like just a standard text post, nothing exciting about any of it. Not even a, like a Nickelodeon like standard nothing. graphic or anything like that. It's nothing. Like... It's like that you had just come to that agreement, and somebody just hopped on their phone and just put it out there. Like just wanted to like make that announcement as quick as they possibly could, so that Netflix makes a couple of ripples during the Disney Plus hype. That's literally all it was. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, you know what? I'm the 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 more I see what disney plus has to offer the more i'm considering just borrowing my parents netflix account and not keeping <laughs> mine around like i like i seriously yeah. am considering it now that's just where i'm at gotta start cutting them down can't have them all <sighs> unless they start until they come up with that you know giant uh streaming service bundle we get well i mean they already kind of have a, a bundle with disney plus hulu and espn plus mm -hmm. but that's because disney has the majority yeah. share in all three of those well, I don't mean to brag, but uh, I got I got Disney Plus the day it came out, and I got the sixty what is it sixty nine ninety nine for the year or whatever. And then my brother in law calls my wife and goes, "Hey, 
Uh, we just wanted to let you guys know that we got the uh, that awesome deal months ago that was like four bucks a month for three years or whatever. And me and my brothers split the cost, so we wanted to give you guys the password and, and uh, email to it. And uh, he's given it to like three other people. So we get Disney Plus free for three years. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, wow. Technically, you get it for two years because you already pay for the first year. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But I just – well, no, I, I, I think we're in like a, a free trial though. So it's like the first month or the first week is free, I think. So if I cancel it now, then then they might not charge you for it. Yeah, hopefully. Well, that's, that would still be cool. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of where we're at with streaming services nowadays. It's like one person gets Hulu, one person gets Amazon, one person gets Disney, the other person gets what am I missing? Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, then everybody just yeah. shares the passwords with everybody. That's just kind of where it's at now. Yep. Share your passwords. Share well, them. and what, what's funny is you've got to come up with a password that isn't like your actual password so that nobody can get into like your email accounts or anything like that. And that's one of the most challenging things is yeah. coming up with a password that's like, okay, what is something that is a good password, but it's also so not actually my password? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've found it a challenge, but... Uh, I'm digressing just a little bit. We do have one more segment to talk about before we call it a night, although we probably need to call it a night sooner rather than later. Uh, It's an interesting segment, though, because it it ties directly into this first episode. So, ladies and gents, if you're listening live, get out your hashtags and put them in the chat here on channel1138.com. If you're listening on social media, which I imagine 95% of you are doing, then put it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything else that might carry a hashtag. It's time... For hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 As I mentioned, directly ties into kind of the market square area where the Mandalorian is kind of walking around after he has uh, captured his quarry towards the first part of the episode. And we actually see uh, Kowakian monkey lizards on display. And I believe one of them was actually being roasted on a spit, wasn't it? Yes, is exactly So I guess the topic of the evening then is... It laughs pretty funny. Do you think barbecued Kowakian monkey lizard would taste funny? I don't think the other Kowakian monkey lizard that was watching his friend get eaten thought it was very funny, though. <laughs> He's like, I'm next. <laughs> that was pretty like, dark, actually. That was like the darkest like, moment of the episode. Ooh, like, no laughing, just... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> they killed my friend and they're gonna eat him and i'm next like this could not get any oh, worse man i think kawaki and monkey lizards would taste kind of stringy i don't see that there's much meat yeah. on them bones i don't know why they i don't see what the point is of cooking them i mean i know it's a galaxy far far away in even in this galaxy people love to cook and eat anything like just to say hey i buffalo because <laughs> 
not because it's any there's any advantage to it, just to say, hey, I ate buffalo, and I can say honestly, I've eaten buffalo, and I'm very proud of it. Um, but I don't know. It's I guess it's just a delicacy, or maybe just something weird that that a certain alien species yeah. likes. Or it could be that they're they're easy to breed, like chickens are. Or it could be maybe. that they're considered a delicacy in that part of the quadrant. Or who knows? They're like I, the, the parrots of the Star Wars universe. And they really are. They're always hanging around, you know, pirates and stuff. There's one exactly. on Hondo's shoulder. It would be cool to see one, like, actually, I know the, the two we see, or one of them is on spit, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Um, and the other one looks like a puppet. I would love to see them do, like, one, like, true to life, like, running around and doing all the crazy stunts that they do. That reminds me, I was rewatching Muppet Treasure Island last night, and I totally forgot Long John Silver had a up. Uh, Instead uh, of a parrot, he had a pet lobster named Polly. He's got a pet lobster named Polly. <laughs> I remember that. Honestly, there's there's this meme that goes around that's like, you you can kind of tell what kind of a childhood you had based on what movie you remember Tim Curry being from. Oh, Tim Curry is so good uh, in yeah. Muppet Treasure Island, man. Dude, he's my favorite Long John Silver. steals the freaking show. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how good he is in that movie. Like, it's supposed to be a cheese fest, and he actually makes it feel like a legitimate movie by how heartfelt he makes it feel. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, another He's another so thing great. to go watch on Disney+. Plus. Uh, oh, yes. But Kawaki and Monkey Lizard, I feel like it would be chewy. I feel like it would be rubbery. I feel like it would be kind of stringy. Depending on how long you cook it, maybe there are some pieces that could be tender. But I just... I think you'd have to deep fry it like several times over before I'd actually be interested in eating it. I'm just, I'm not that adventurous. It'd be kind of like eating frog legs. Yeah, I've never had those. Yeah, I don't have any interest in frog legs or barbecued Kawaki and monkey lizard. Just not, doesn't really interest me, uh, I'm sorry. No, not really interesting to me either. But uh, that's okay. If if What do you think? Kawaki and Monkey Lizard would taste like. Go find us on social media at IPC Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go find our personal pages on social media as well. Uh, if you don't follow us yet, I don't know what the heck is wrong with you. You really should be following us. And you should be subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and ipcpodcast.podbean.com. If you're just too lazy to hit subscribe, then maybe just go visit starwarsunderworld.com. That's another good place to find recaps and links that have previous discussions of our episodes on them as well, because the Star Wars Underworld is a proud partner of the IPC podcast, and we'll be getting together in about a month's time to be watching The Rise of Skywalker, so that should be really fun as well. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And I should mention that uh, if you're looking for more Mandalorian discussion, tomorrow, Thursday as of this, instead of the weekly Star Wars Underworld podcast, we are going to be launching our new show, Radio Razor Crest, which will be covering each and every episode of The Mandalorian, and we're going to be starting off with Chapter 1 tomorrow night, and that's going to be a lot of fun, and um, I'm sure one, if not both of these guys, will be making an appearance on that show at some point over the next season to get uh, get some updates. So if you want more Mandalorian discussion involving us, involving some other awesome people, yeah, definitely check that out over the next few weeks on StarWarsUnderworld.com. Looking forward to that and looking forward to the next time I get to be on. Guys, thanks so much for having me on this episode. Uh, 
I know that my appearances have been kind of few and far between, but I appreciate you making time uh, in the middle of all your schedules to be able to have me on for this one. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, and I'm looking forward to coming back real soon. Oh, man, it was it was great having you back. You, you, we've uh, managed to get you back on for the special big episodes where we get to talk about some big, awesome things. And I figured The Mandalorian was, was enough of a special thing that we had to do something something different and uh, record a little bit early said so that it, it accommodated all our schedules. Um, not sure when we're going to be doing next week and not sure what we're going to be talking about next week. But for this week, a lot of fun discussing The Mandalorian and uh, can't wait to do it a little bit more very soon. Yes, yes. For Jake Damon and Ben Hart, I am Zach Arnold. And we hope to see you again next time. Same bat time, same bat channel, which is basically whenever you choose to download the episode. But until this next episode drops, we're just going to leave you with this final thought. When all seems hopeless, a true hero gives hope. And we hope to see you next time right here on the IPC podcast. But until then, good night, everyone. I was a Fandalorian of the Mandalorian. Yeah? Good.